It's close to midnight. What's powering your phone? Well, now it's nothing. You're on your own. You're kind of lost since you peeled off from all your friends. You'd never really pictured this would be how your life ends. You spot a giant castle and two hostesses who grin. Come in. Welcome to Battery <laughs> Cherry <laughs> Halloween episode. I'm Hope Wilson. I'm Anna Rigby. And I'm Doug Lawson. Doug, tell us about yourself. Uh, I live in Austin, Texas. I'm married to Anna. Aww. He's my husband. And I'm a musician and educator. Nice. Way to go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we got Doug on the show today to talk about some art. So, I'm, I'm going to show you this video, maybe. Okay. And have you respond to it. Oh, I know this guy. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. perfect. Not then personally. Let's talk about it. But. <laughs> also, it seems like the video is not going, so. Um, his name is Dimitri something. He's a Russian person that does a lot of microcontroller music and visual art. See, I knew it was a good idea to have you on the podcast. Yeah, so this guy took out 4.5 liters of his own blood. Jesus. <laughs> to power some batteries. To power a sound installation. How many? So, how much of his own blood? Four point five liters. That's he didn't do that lot. in one day, right? No, he did that over a cor- the course of several months, eighteen months. Oh, thank God. <laughs> but also disgusting. <laughs> I know. Um, Is blood particularly useful? It's no, it's it's not really the best electrolyte material available. Um, this guy has lots of pretentious stuff to say. Or, well, that's my opinion about it, is that it's pretentious, but... I hope this dude doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> I hope not. Gonna alienate one of our listeners. Um, he was one of the 24 people. <laughs> not anymore, it's out of 23. So what is the... So he drew 4.5 liters of his own blood mm-hmm. over the course of... 18 months. 18 months. Presumably, like, freezing the blood or something to preserve it. I don't think blood lasts that long, but I don't know if it lasts longer if you're using it for electrolytes or if you're... Because um, I know that you can't use it after a certain period for giving it to people, which is what normally I would assume he did not put it back into himself afterwards. I... <laughs> Sincerely hope not. I don't, I, don't, don't do that. <laughs> um, so, um. so he took blood out of himself and he used it to fuel as part as electrolytes for batteries. Mm-hmm. But it, is he currently taking blood out of him? Yeah, I see that. It chandelier looks like a horrible blood. Sh- chandelier. So the look of the blood is part of the installation. I, it's I, visually yeah, apparent. Yeah, they what's, can see it, yeah. What's happening here? Is he currently drawing blood out of his oh, body? Yeah, oh, those, he, is that Braille? A Braille a tattoo? tattoo? Oh, that makes a lot more sense. I thought that was like part of the stuff. Nah, he drew some blood, like I, I think right before the, the uh-huh. premiere or whatever. So that was part of the performance. So does the sound have any connection to the blood? Or is it just, I wanted to make a blood battery... This definitely made and have some music in. along. What? 
This this won't play, will it? The the video. Yeah. Uh, we can, we can really curious. But um, he made a big thing about how this device would be something that is in all but name me that uses my vitality to create electronic sounds. So really, just by incorporating his blood into it, it's now about his blood. He but. sounds like a sound vampire. Vitality. <laughs> Ooh. So we did watch the video that's on this guy's website, so here's the beginning of that. This sound installation operates on unique batteries that generate electricity using my blood. The electric current produced by the batteries powers a small electronic algorithmic module. This module Does creates a tune that plays via a small speaker. So real quick. Yeah. I did the math. I was very very concerned about the amount of blood that he took out, but my understanding is that um, typically blood donation centers suggest that you don't give blood more than every, I think it's like 54 days or something like that, but basically every two months, um, and they take a pint, and so he did give about a pint every two months, which is how much you are allowed to donate to a blood donation center. So... He gave himself enough, his body enough time to actually like regenerate the stuff that he was taking out of it. What um, a relief! <laughs> I, I was concerned, um, but yeah. Thoughts so there's from- a lot of art speak in there, which is just gobbledygook for <laughs> things like grants and artist statements. But I would say there are some interesting things about this. But I also have questions. So he was using his blood, which was natu- is it naturally charged? It's got ions in it. And so he wasn't using it as material to store charge. He was just putting his blood in there and then whatever ions were already in there got used up and then that was it. He said he diluted it too. Yeah. Um, So it's... The blood is kind of functioning like the potato in a potato battery in that it's, it's only there to transport charges. Was that kind of the... He mentioned animal electricity somewhere in there? Is... (laughs) We're going to have an episode about that someday when I get my shit together. (laughs) (laughs) Is that basically (laughs) what we're talking about, though? Um, Animal electricity is like if you take a wire and connect two different parts of a frog's leg, it'll twitch like a dead frog. Oh, okay. Twitch, yeah. That's animal electricity. That's because your body actually functions using electricity. Yeah. Which we will. I'm down for. That's how neurons work. Oh, yeah? It's part of how neurons work. But yeah, anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> so he does a lot of stuff like this, which gets into, like, I don't know if it's, you would call it directly biohacking or biohacking adjacent. He has one thing where um, he puts a EKG? Uh, EEG. EEG. EKG is for hearts. Hearts, that's right. He puts a EEG meters on people, and in the readings that he's getting from those, he uses... And synthesizes that. And the idea is that two people doing it at the same time are supposed to somehow try and seek out harmonious vibrations. Funny story. Yes. I went to a conference for social neuroscience a couple of years ago. And that was basically something that happened at the conference. People are like trying, because we study social um, psychology and social neuroscience, but there's not a lot of social components because it's usually just testing one person. So a lot of people were like, we should start like putting EEG caps on two people and having them interact and there was like one specific thing where people brought in um, 
caps that people could test their like synchronicity, like how synchronous their brain waves were um, using this setup. So, so just like this, which I think was just kind of reading data about the blood. It sounds very noisy because it's not a lot of. It's just random numbers essentially. So it sounds like noise, which is basically random sound. Oh wait, was the sound based on the? He blood? didn't get into that too much, but he said that there was like. I totally missed that. Sensor readings impacting the actual sounds. Mm-hmm. Huh. So I haven't quite figured out from looking at the website what is determining the sounds that are being made, but my best guess is it's just the voltage output, because the voltage... It sounds like the voltage output is a little variable, and there is a display that shows the voltage, so why show it if it's not generating your sound? I don't know. If you know something, please tell us. So (laughs) that's why it didn't sound very melodic. Um, And yeah, there's a lot of stuff that goes on with this. He does a lot of stuff where he's kind of reading nature or outside, using sensors of some sort and turning those into sound waves. Cool. Um, Which again, doesn't really sound like music unless you're taking numbers that have some sort of regular repeating pattern. Mm Mm-hmm. To it, it's just going to sound like random buzzes and stuff. That's not the most interesting thing I've seen him do. Really? Wait, it's, it's horrifying. <laughs> it's actually the most involved. because He's, he's really prolific. I, I'm okay. sure he has like an art team that helps realize these things. But he puts on something like, I don't know, once every month or once every other month. That's like a... Something of this size. Um, but this was, that was like really big. I don't I guess you can share pictures if people l- go to a link, but yeah. um, there's like multiple units there. It's kind of huge to just put together. Yeah. I would say this, the music that was being produced is not uncommon, in, at least from my experience in the experimental music. No, not, not at all. I am not a musician, unlike the other two <laughs> current podcast hosts. Um, but thanks to this one over here, for listeners at home, I'm pointing to Doug. Um, <laughs> I've gone to a lot of experimental music shows, and honestly, it doesn't sound that unique. It kind of sounded like Halloween sound effects sometimes, like creaking doors and stuff. But I don't know. So how it fits much in it... the thematically. Okay. Do you think that was intentional that he chose? No, he just just has not make sounds. He exhibits, or he exhibits, he exerts very little control over the sounds that come out. Then I wonder how much of that is, like, something we're bringing to the table. Like, how eerie we find it. Oh, entirely. On... Yeah. 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 Cool. Doug, you're making me like this art more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, how dare you. <laughs> he can still be pretentious. <laughs> By the way. Your opinion of him can still be valid. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, a lot of those raising questions and stuff where he doesn't really, they don't feel connected to anything. That's just kind of, that's like back matter you put just to hope someone, if they're <laughs> seeing it, they see that. as like, oh, I kind of see what's going on there. I, I don't think that was... If you're curious about kind of the artsy hogwash, here are some selected excerpts. However, to some degree, the project ironically criticizes alternative energy sources and concomitant ethical questions. 
I can relate this to Russian cosmism, but also as a metaphysical act yielding a brotherhood of blood among revolutionaries. I think he really had a very simple idea of what if I use blood as a battery and then also use that blood to generate sound. Uh -huh. And then everything else is just kind of uh, after the fact justification. <laughs> okay. Yeah, definitely there was a bit where he was like, oh, this is a criticism of alternative energies. Yeah. It's like, I, you could explain that. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Seems like a weird thing to take a shot at, too. Right? <laughs> it's like, what is alternative energy doing that's bad to anybody ever? Taking Other... their blood from their bodies? <laughs> that's his personal choice. <laughs> Do you have more thoughts? That I have no more you? thoughts. <laughs> about this in particular, not about no. life in general. We did listen to a podcast recently about people brewing with blood. Oh, yeah. That was <laughs> more upsetting, honestly. Yeah. But it was like they used... So this is a thing in the, in the UK where they have blood sausages, which mm. I think... I don't remember what other ingredients you add, but it's like pig's blood coddled, and then you fry it and eat it with eggs and beans and things like that. Um... As, as a vegetarian, that does not appeal to me at all. <laughs> but, um, but it also seemed like... So he used blood sausages and put them in towards the end of his brew. His, like... Well, he didn't cook them at all. Yeah. He just, so, like, like right before in. adding yeast in, he added blood to... The ratio was, at most, two ounces per gallon. Yeah. So very little. But still just, like, blood and beer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It was a, like a challenge blood? to see what could you make that is drinkable out of these weird ingredients. And he drew blood. Someone else brought <laughs> brought he, the blood. Not like a... he drew blood. <laughs> Wait, that's amazing. <laughs> Doug doesn't like puns. So I'm that's sure. That's in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So and he was just like, oh, let's see if we can make it work. Speaking of synchronicity, we're doing a blood podcast, or battery blood podcast. He did a blood music installation, and some people are brewing with blood. It's probably a Halloween thing. Yes. <laughs> There's an obvious underlying factor. <laughs> it's about it's not that Halloween. random. <laughs> no. It does feel like I've had to encounter a lot of blood-related things recently in media, which is not normal. It's not something I would have sought out. <laughs> no? No. But Anna, the vitality. <laughs> yeah, but the, that's the other thing that kind of annoys me that um, when I was thinking about it or listening to it. There are people who need blood. <laughs> and he's just <laughs> wasted it. Are you familiar? Uh, what is his name? I think he's a British artist that basically makes art out of things dying. What does that mean? Like, one of his famous pieces was, like, putting, like, rotting food on a table, mm -hmm. and then bug zappers above it, and just as, like, the fruit flies would, like, come out of the rotting food and then just get zapped. And that was, that was the art piece. It was in an art gallery. He's, a. Uh, I guess I'm a little more okay with that. He's filled up a tank with a shark. Again. And like filled it up with like clear. Oh, I know what you're talking um, about. Wait, did, did it's a it's a formaldehyde? No. Yeah. What did he do to the shark? It was a dead shark. Oh. I think the shark. Yes. 
And it's like a tank, like basically just big enough to keep the shark. Like it wasn't, if it were a live shark, it would have been very sad, but it was a dead shark. Okay. That's moderately more okay. <laughs> I'm assuming that he found a dead shark and didn't just kill a shark. Uh, no, but, you know, I think death is a, a part of his, like, basically, is his aesthetic. Okay. What if you just can move on to people next? There's um, probably all sorts of legal problems with. Yeah. Using dead human bodies in art. It is not coming up. It's going to bother me. We're talking about <laughs> Damien <laughs> Hurst. Wait, I've heard that name. Yeah. Why have I heard that name? Because he put a fucking shark in a tank. Oh, he does these, um... Mosaics using butterfly wings. Oh, oh that sounds really cool, actually. And <laughs> I like butterflies. Uh, Do you like dead butterflies? No. <laughs> so he grows the butterflies, I think, specifically to kill them. Uh, sheep in formaldehyde, an ashtray filled with cigarette butts that makes them feel queasy, uh, rotting cow heads, surrounded by flies, that sort of stuff. That's his thing. Are you curious whether blood and batteries has practical applications? I am. I feel like you already said it didn't. Ooh, ooh. I may have implied that. (laughs) I'll have to actually go back and listen to find out what I actually said. (laughs) (laughs) I may have lied to you or I may not have. Okay. Um, I think you just said it wasn't the best electrolyte. Yes. That doesn't mean it can't be used as an electrolyte. Mm -hmm. As we have found out from that video. So actually the big... Thing that I found looking this up was um, like medical devices, specifically ones that you implant. There's there's this group of folks who made a battery that's it's basically paper, and so the idea with this is like it's, it's not commercialized or anything yet, but the idea is like you could just like stick that under your skin and power like whatever you need to power. So like like a pacemaker. Yeah, pacemakers, hearing aids, hearing implants. I think or I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea being that you don't need to add blood to it. The blood that's naturally flowing through your body would act as the electrolyte? Yeah. Cool. That's my understanding, yes. Then um, you would never need to replace the battery on something like that. Um, I mean, so the electrodes will oh, run yeah. out eventually. Yeah. But another thing I found was a fuel cell that uses blood, which again, isn't really on the verge of being commercialized yet, but it, this was interesting because it's like... Um, it's like there's yeast in the fuel cell, like decomposing the glucose, and then there's something else which is like taking that and making it, making the fuel cell run, generating energy. Uh, and the big problem with that is still um, like the, the byproducts, the waste that the yeast is producing, you can't just like have that chilling in your body. So they need to figure out what to do with that. But yeah, yeah, that's the idea is like, because um, like if you have a device implanted in you, you don't want to go in there and do surgery every time you need to change the battery. Yeah. Um, so a fuel cell, you know, isn't limited by its electrodes. It's limited by its fuel. And so if blood is its fuel, then that's, you just keep generating that. But like you're saying, there needs to be a, a waste disposal system. Yeah. Okay. But, but that's the concept. <laughs> so there are practical applications. Yeah. Are we... All right. (laughs) (laughs) What's the next part of the... the... That's it. That's what I had for today. Unless we want to talk about um, how blood was working in his electrolyte and, like, what was... What the reactions were that were happening. We can do that. Okay. Just just real quick, just to be thorough. So, fun fact, this website claims that um, 
It claims that copper was the anode and aluminum was the cathode. <laughs> you look like you have something to say about that. I do have something to say about that because the reduction potential for aluminum, uh, so this is aluminum 3 plus plus 3 electrons to aluminum. That's negative 1.7 volts. Okay. And the reduction potential for copper is positive. So, um... So they probably just got them backwards? Yeah. Okay. That's absolutely what happened. <laughs> so copper should be the cathode and aluminum should be the anode. So it's clear that this dude uh, is not a listener of the podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have known that. In fairness, this, this installation came up in, I think, 2016, and that was mm. before we had the podcast. So it's really not his fault. Okay. Well, I mean, it is, because you could have found that information online. I'm pretty sure we're the sole providers of that information. <laughs> oh, that's exciting for us. <laughs> um, Surprising we don't have more listeners, then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the one reaction that's happening in this is it's going to be aluminum metal splitting into aluminum ions and electrons. And I think the other reaction is going to be um, adding electrons to water, since water makes up... A, a bit of blood. So if you add two electrons to two H2O molecules, you end up with hydrogen gas and hydroxide, and that reduction potential is negative 0.8 volts, which is higher than aluminum's reduction potential, which means the reaction can work out and provide a voltage. Could it provide the voltage that he claimed it did, which was like 6.5 to 7.5? Is that what he said? Um, so he put the batteries in series so that each one only needed to, um... Oh, okay. Each battery generates about 0.6 volts, so if we take this water reaction and this aluminum reaction, and by the way, I didn't, I didn't, like, verify that the water reaction is the one that's happening, I just kind of looked at what was... I looked at my reduction potentials and decided it was the best idea. Um, so the that's difference... That's how I make all my decisions. <laughs> just, like, what should I wear this morning? I better pull up the reduction... the reduction <laughs> This red cardigan has a reduction potential. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, have we already talked about parallel versus in series? We talked about it a little. But um, we're going to get more into it. On a different episode, yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, oh, so yeah, the, the difference between these two reduction potentials. So aluminum was negative 1.7, and the water one is negative 0.8, and so if you add those... Or sorry, if you take the difference of those, that's 0.9. Okay. And the voltage, he said, was 0.6. And as we know, you you always lose some amount of, like, energy. Mm-hmm. So that, that kind of makes sense. Okay, cool. There's probably other things reacting in there, and so it's 0.6 instead of 0.9. Also, the hydrogen gas that forms, would that... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of assume you wouldn't want that in your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it's not going into anybody's bloodstream. Right, but, like, in the case of medical devices. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But wouldn't that... Like, if you have a container that's going... Like, that's holding this reaction, wouldn't that... Wouldn't the hydrogen gas want to get out? Yeah, I mean... I guess worst-case scenario, you have a little bit of a pressure buildup. It does look that's like these aren't... Wondering. Um, but it wouldn't be that much of a pressure buildup. Not enough to, we like, sure hope not. break the glass that's <laughs> oh, containing the blood. Oh, imagine if you're at this art installation and just a chandelier shatters suddenly and you're just drenched in diluted blood. I was hoping that people weren't standing underneath this. Um, but also, that'd be kind of an amazing end to this art installation. <laughs> <laughs> to 
<laughs> I don't know what that facial expression is. So he said it only lasted for seven hours. So just seven hours. It's a long fucking time. <laughs> I assume he's not going to use blood drawn that whole time. No. It takes like what ten to twenty minutes to get a pint of blood. Basically, you'd have no blood after seven hours. Desanguinated. Sorry. It's <laughs> like an X-Files word. It, it like, absolutely is an X-Files yeah, word. Yeah, we found these cows. <laughs> there are literally two episodes that I can think of where they talk about desequination. <laughs> one of them we watched together recently. Which one was it? Was it the... That was the Luke Wilson yes. vampire one. Yeah, that was good. Such a good episode. The other one was that like uh, twins one, the Eve yes. episode. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Anyway. Are we... That's all okay. I have, unless you have more questions. No, I don't think I have more questions. I am curious about that pressure build-up situation, but probably they thought that through. Yeah, my best guess is that they did. Okay. I'm concerned for the amount of blood he took out of himself, and I'm concerned for the pressure build-up inside those what look like glass canisters. Yeah. That's what it looks like to me also. Um, well... <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Doug. You're welcome. Thanks, Anna. You're welcome, You're Hope. so cool. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh. <laughs> Was that weird? Was that creepy? Can I say that again? <laughs> Thanks for asking me to be your co-host. I was, just, I was like, well, you've, you've helped me host these last four episodes. It'd be kind of rude if I just recorded this one by myself. <laughs> I would eventually get over it. It might take some time, though. Doug would have to deal with me crying. <laughs> well, I don't want to do that to Doug. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. You wake abruptly. A needle in your vein. That's kind of awkward. You're in some pain. You must admit that you are feeling some alarm, as beakers fill with blood that was quite happy in your arm. What's powering these speakers that are drowning out your screams? Sweet dreams.